Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. We're back with our 30th episode this week to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And we are focusing on Brexit this week. And today, as you're listening to this, if it's Monday the 7th of December, there are 25 days, including today, before we leave the European Union. And uh, we felt it was important to really tackle this subject because with everyone having to manage covid and christmas soon upon us certainly i don't know about you regina but for me very few people seem to be focusing on brexit and yet there are some serious implications if it's not considered now before we leave on the uh, 31st of december so i think it's quite a funky subject for us to be talking about today i think um it's one of those things that we're seeing I'm certainly noticing some of those little government reminders popping through and that you need to act now. I'm not sure how many people realise that it applies to their data as well, I think. And I know we've said this before in some of the webinars that we've done, but I think people, because like the laptops in front of you or the computers in front of you and you're working on all your data is there in your mind, but actually it's that understanding about where does it come from and particularly if you have clients or customers who are based in the EU, you really do need to be thinking about whether or not the change in our status as a member of the EU and and the fact that we're leaving will affect that transfer of data and its legality. And I think the problem is for a lot of businesses, and I think it's not just the data side, I think there's a lot of ifs and buts all across Brexit, which is a huge topic for us to deal with. So we will very much be focusing on data, but it's that, you know, not really fully knowing what the situation is going to be in January and it's almost the assumption that we kind of need need to go with now that what with 25 days to go is it realistic that there's going to be a deal struck so we should be planning for the no deal scenario Mm -hmm. to ensure as much as possible that your data flows are not not affected get to continue receiving data that you need but might be worth going a few steps back from that and just uh, maybe explaining what the data protection landscape looks like from 1st of January because I think there's been a few hope Full voices out there who can like, oh, does that mean uh, we can forget about GDPR and it doesn't apply anymore? Which always makes us giggle. <laughs> That's the short answer. <laughs> Sorry, Regina, go for it. Give us the more explained response. <laughs> so back in 2018, when GDPR was introduced, the law was brought down pretty much into the UK law anyway as the Data Protection Act 2018. So there's a lot of elements of GDPR that are in the Data Protection Act in our law anyway. So the problem is that the Data Protection Act 2018 refers to the GDPR. So in order to make our law make sense, there will now be the UK GDPR, which effectively is the same as the existing EU GDPR, but brought down into UK law as part of that whole process. So you will see businesses who operate purely in the UK with nothing to do with EU citizens or their data, you will still have to comply with the Data Protection Act 2018 and the UK GDPR. Now, for businesses based in the UK who process the personal data of EU citizens um, or receive data from EU organisations, you will also have to be mindful of the 
existing EU GDPR. Now, obviously, on the 1st of January, those will mirror. That's not to say that over time they may not diverge and become different. So it will be something as another piece of legislation that we'll need to very much keep an eye on and how mm. similar do they remain or is there a divergence and what does that mean? But certainly it's not something that you can go, well, hey, we don't have to do GDPR anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that level of excitement there, Regina. So the key message is that data protection is still here, whether or not all your data is purely in the UK or if actual, in actual fact you have data that goes outside of the UK. And to be fair, I think I would challenge anybody that said that they are purely UK only. That might be the case if you're only paper, or if you have databases on servers that you can actually guarantee have no connectivity to anywhere else outside of the UK. And I'd say that's the likelihood of that is pretty low um, in today's digital world. So I think that's a very useful step to take. So data protection is here. It's not going anywhere. Keep an eye on it because there was the potential for changes. Now, I think the next real thing is to understand your relationship that you have with the your European customers and suppliers and really understand, and not just in Europe, actually, across, wherever your customers and suppliers are, where's your data going, you know, and where you're getting it from. So I really think understanding that mapping. And if you've listened to us talk before, data mapping is, uh, is not a new subject. We um, encourage that everyone does it. If you haven't, do it today. It really sit down with a pen and paper, old school, and just list out what the systems and data is that you collect. Then ask the question, you know, where? Where is that actually stored? Because I think that will then help you understand what laws are applicable to you. So I think that's really a, an important uh, step and one that takes a lot of time, even if you are a micro business. And I think the reason it will take time is because of COVID, a lot of organisations have made decisions to digitise and use a lot of cloud-based solutions. So you may have a lot more systems and a lot more data in a variety of places that pre-COVID you didn't. So that's very true. I think so for businesses who have done that data mapping exercise before, it's probably yeah. refreshing it. And probably one of the the tips is you know you do need to think about as you said cloud services you know somewhere that cloud is a server sitting somewhere yes. with your data on it and it's about understanding where they're placed where they are in the world and having that geographic location because then as you rightly say that will impact on what laws apply to you your business and the data that are being stored on those servers and i'd say the good news from a uk perspective data coming from the uk going out of the uk certainly to europe the commissioner has said that she will recognise European GDPR as the European Economic Area as a safe place for data to transfer. But the reverse cannot be said. So you may start, whilst you're doing your mapping, your clients and customers may be doing exactly the same thing. And they may now start contacting you and asking you to sign contracts where previously there may not have been very specific data protection clauses in that and that's really because there needs to be a mechanism which allows data to move from Europe or anywhere else in the world into the UK like the free movement of people data has been able to be freely moved between us and you know, Europe and that will change from Europe to us so review the contracts you have in place the European uh, Commission has issued updates on contract clauses which the Commission in the UK has recognised so look at those contract clauses look at what's already in yours update your contracts 
clients and be really prepared to start receiving those updates from your clients because they will start coming and we started to see um, a lot of our clients start to receive don't panic don't ignore them really read them and, and determine what do they mean for you and your business Absolutely. And I think it's uh, the other good news is that the ICO will be recognising existing adequacy agreements with other countries around the world. And so those will continue, which is, is positive. And then obviously what we will be awaiting is a hopeful EU adequacy agreement coming back to us, which would then enable that transfer of data to take place more easily. Realistic prospect of that happening by the 1st of January is, I'd say, slim to none. But yeah. it's something for the future again. But I think what you want to make sure of is in the interim that your data transfer can continue uninterrupted. There may be some of your customers that are not worried. There may be some who are more worried about it than others. Yeah. And that might then affect how much communication you get from them. And I think it's about you being prepared, you being able to reassure your customers that you take data protection seriously and that you want to make sure that it can continue legally so that it's not a surprise come January. So definitely have those conversations now. Certainly. And I would say you also need to be thinking about as an organisation, if you are just UK, you have a UK office, but you operate quite widely across Europe, but you don't have a European office, you need to really assess whether or not you need uh, what is referred to as a European representative. And this is someone that can act on your behalf in Europe with the European regulators, because we as the UK will not be part of that one stop shop anymore. So you might might be thinking well what does this actually mean if your processing in europe is only occasional you might be exempt from this however if you regularly receive information from europe and say for example you're a law firm and you're a law firm that has a lot of european clients and they are sending you data to the uk office you will need someone in europe to act on your behalf and you'll need to nominate a european regulator act on so whereas you've probably registered with the ICO you'll need to register now with somebody in Europe so wherever your main hub is in Europe so say you're based in Italy you'll need to you need to notify the uh, Italian regulator they are now your supervisory authority so do take a look at that it might not apply to you but there will be some organizations it absolutely does and be really careful who you appoint you want someone that really understands European legislation understands the industry that you work in because as with pre-GDPR there was a lots of new entrants to the market you want to make sure that you have someone that can represent you appropriately so that would be my side of caution absolutely so the key message is there is if you don't have an office base in the EEA in Europe but you do process the data of personal personal data of EU citizens on a regular basis then you need to appoint somebody based in Europe to represent you as a company to the regulators and then separately if you have an office in the European economic area you need to select where your lead area is based on the main office across Europe and that's then in addition to the ICO. Interestingly the registration fee is something that is under the Data Protection Act so it might not have that necessary to pay another fee but it's just about notifying them that they are your lead authority now under GDPR. 
the EU yeah. GDPR. And I think it's useful. It's a slight slice track, but I think this might make it a little bit more relevant. If you have a breach in of data and it happens to affect European um, individuals, you will need to notify the European Supervisory Authority because it's EU GDPR. And you may well ha also have to report that to the Information Commissioner in the UK. So you may well have to be interacting with two different supervisory authorities because there are two pieces of legislation that you're having to manage. So be mindful of that. And then I guess I know that time is pressing on, as is like the month of December and the time you've got available <laughs> to work on all this stuff. So I guess our final point really would be, you know, if you have done these this review if you've updated contracts and the processes of how you're engaging with different authorities it's really then worth reviewing your policies your processes and making sure that they now reflect that new reality it's very easy to do all of the previous stuff and think that's it done but actually if you don't have up-to-date policies and then the processes to match so for example with that the the instance you gave there you know in your data breach policy and how you handle it you'll absolutely have to flag that there will be an assessment around does this need to be reported to the information commissioner in the uk does it need to be reported to the equivalent in the european country that is our supervisory authority and make sure that that that's clear on how to do it so you're not scrabbling around in a panic trying to find out how to do that uh, in the midst of a breach so that's always one of the things is to be prepared and of course then as with any time you update your policies and processes it's very much then about making sure you pass that through the organization and that all staff are trained on those changes that they understand their roles and responsibilities and what that means for them the briefing sessions it can be updates however that works you know it's probably going to be virtual over zoom Mm. some video conferencing software but again it's really important that staff understand what it means for them and how they respond to any kind of changes in that that policy and process and that they are adhering to them yeah. so it's quite a lot to fit in in 25 days and i would say that we've actually got some really useful free resources so you've got this podcast we have done a webinar recording on our website so if you go to the webinars page you'll be able to see the slides and us talk it through a bit more detail uh, regina covers that um, and we've also got an infographic on the infographic section so if you want something that can just help you we have that information available as a starter for 10 obviously if there's anything we've covered today that you have questions you can email us at the coffee at dbxuk.com uh, we'd happily uh, respond to your questions and uh regina yeah just to add on the resources the ico have a section on yeah. their website that talks about how it'll affect you as a small business and how it'll affect larger organisations. And I'd urge you to go and read those and see the steps you need to take because it's very clear and really helpful. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end uh, today's podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great day. Mm -hmm.